0: Welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. Because you deserve a business that doesn't feel like work, one that gives you energy and the resources to do what matters most to you. Whether it's figuring out where to spend your time, how to maximise your profitability or streamlining your processes so things get done quickly and efficiently my guests and I, we've got you covered. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, Indigenous Mama of Three, fashion-loving sewers and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business, your way. Welcome to episode 21. Today I'm talking with Krista Lockwood. She's a mama of five who has built a business around her family and through a lot of trial and error has worked out what best works for her and her family. I love this conversation so much because Krista is such a great example of how it's possible to build a business your way, which is the very essence of this podcast. In this episode, Krista walks us through how she built her Facebook community from 50 people to 40,000 and still growing, and how that allowed her to develop her online courses to monetize her community. And build her business around what her community has been interested in. So in this episode she'll explain to you how she's built her community, how she's fostered the relationships in that community by caring for the people and creating the relationships first which I really resonate with. So I really hope you enjoy this information. There is lots of golden nuggets to take away throughout the episode. We dive in behind the scenes of Krista's business as always, as we do on the podcast. She talks us through some of her systems and processes that she's had in her business and how that's complemented her growing her community and developing her online courses. So that's enough from me here is my conversation with Krista. Hi Krista, welcome to the Business Your Way podcast. So lovely to have you joining me today.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm freezing and I'm a little bit jealous that you're not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I do the opposite when we are midwinter and I see everyone you know, on your side of the world, swanning around in sundresses and, you know, out in the sun. So I'm feeling as though I'm winning at the moment being in the summer months. (laughs) Yes. All right. I love to start the podcast off with a guest by having you introduce yourself. So can you tell us who you are, who you serve and how you make your moolah?
1: So, I am a mom of five and a wife to one, but I teach moms how to declutter their homes and simplify their lives. Um, I basically teach them how to get rid of all of the excess stuff in their home that makes it really hard to live your day to day life, right? Like living around piles of stuff on your counters or laundry piles if you have small children you know, toy messes and toy organization can consume a whole lot of your time and energy and make it really difficult to do anything. And so all I've ever done as far as my business and making my money is selling digital courses. That's the thing that makes the money. But the way that I have been able to sell digital courses is by building a really, I think, just awesome, supportive, engaged community. Because if you don't have, you know, people engaging with your content, they're not going to buy anything from you, whether it's a digital course or, you know, anything that you're selling. So that's that's a little bit about what I do and, and how I do it or how I, I guess the very simple version of how I do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Five kids. All right. What are the yeah. ages of your kids? Like that's all I can say is that's a busy mama. Yeah. So right now they're aged
1: two to 16. So we have two two years old, four, and then
0: 10, 12, and 16. Right. So a little bit of a break in between the kids there. Yeah. Yeah. And so have you always been in business? Let's, you know, go a bit back in time of what you did before you started your own business.
1: Yeah. So I actually, I graduated high school and went to school. I started college because that's what, you know, we're supposed to do. And got pregnant in my second year and decided that I was going to get my degree in teaching because to me, it seemed like if I was going to be a mom, it would make sense to learn, you know, child development. And I went specifically for early childhood education and teaching. So I went to school for that and had my second child The I can't remember, he was born on April 29th and then I graduated with my bachelor's degree on April 30th. And then I had to go get a teaching job. And I learned very quickly that I did not want to teach. I just, it sounds so terrible, but I'm sure so many of you will relate that when I would listen to teachers talking about like teaching for 30 years and then retiring, it made me feel so like cramped. And I just could not imagine working in a classroom every day for 30 years for or the rest of my life until I retired. And so what I did was I went and opened up my own little preschool and to me, that felt like the best of both worlds where I could, you know, use my degree, use my teaching degree. I was able to bring my own kids with me to that little school and do, you know, what I thought I was good at at the time. And, you know, I was kind of good at it. I, you know, I could teach, I could get us through the days, but what I was really passionate about was the business side of it and marketing, you know, my school and the way that I was different from other people. And, I felt really great about my business because I had a waiting list and I opened it up from you know the, the point of deciding that I wanted to open it up. Six weeks later, I had it open and I had my first students and it takes people about six months because um, I was living in Alaska at the time, about six months to get to that point. And so I really loved the business side of it. And then what I didn't realize at the time was that I also liked the decluttering side of it and like the organization side of it, which is what I do now. I don't really love teaching. I loved it when it, you know, it fit into my life and it was a great experience. But now I really like just doing the decluttering because they really do go hand in hand, cluttering and teaching parents and simplifying your days. It's all related, but I kind of get to cherry pick and do the things that I'm best at and I don't have to do the rest of it.
0: And so do you teach mamas how to declutter or are you aiming, you know, targeting business owners and how to declutter all of our business stuff as well? Like, Where does that sit?
1: So I do focus on moms specifically, and actually there's a ton of moms who work from home, especially with the way that the pandemic has kind of shifted Mm -hmm. things. A lot of moms are now working from home and doing both their full-time jobs and the full-time job of managing a home and raising kids and even educating kids based on, you know, school closures and those kinds of things. So I do also, um, I'm moving into creating some kind of offer for the moms who work from home specifically, because it's, it's different when you work from home, right? If you have an office where you can take all of your business stuff, it's different than having it at home and then having to make room for it at home and trying to keep it separate, but also still accessible. So the way that I actually got into teaching moms how to declutter though is is kind of a fun story that might help make things a little bit more sense if you want mm. me to share that, yeah, yeah, go
0: ahead. let's let's hear that one,
1: okay. So in two thousand and thirteen, my husband and I decided that we wanted to move from Alaska to Florida for his own entrepreneurial endeavors. And we did that in about four weeks' time. And we had three kids at the time, and we just didn't have the means to bring all of our stuff with us. It was expensive to ship it. And it didn't make sense to leave it all behind. So we moved there with only one suitcase each, a suitcase of clothes for my kids and toys, one of toys, one of clothes and the bare minimum. And we just started completely over. And what happened was I went from drowning in everyday messes of like toys and laundry and dishes and going to work at my school for 10 hours a day and coming home and feeling like being at home was more work than being at work. But when we moved to Florida, it didn't feel like that anymore, even though I had left my business behind and I had to get another traditional teaching job, which I really didn't want to do, but it was just what I needed to do in order to make ends meet. And I felt more relaxed than ever. And I had more time and I had more energy and I felt more connected to my kids. And I had more time to communicate with my husband and do all of the self-care things. And then because I always had that entrepreneurial you know, spirit inside of me, I was able to explore other things that I would want to do. Like I, I explored like being a doula and a midwife and maybe opening up <sighs> another school or going in into insurance. And ultimately I didn't do any of those, but it was in 2017 when I got pregnant with our fourth baby and I started a due date group on Facebook, which is a Facebook group for a bunch of moms who are pregnant at the same time and like do at the same time. And I created this really strong community of moms where we would just share what was going on in our lives, like how we were feeling. And it grew organically to be a pretty you know, large space. It was just a free group that I offered of about like 3,000 moms. But it started to click with me of like, this is a really great space where we all come together with the same purpose and we enjoy each other's company. We have conversations. I could recognize that I was a trusted person within this space. And I was like, man, it would be really cool if I had something to offer these people and I could make some money on this because I was putting a lot of time and energy into it, right? Like facilitating conversations and creating boundaries within the group and just making sure that it's flowing well. And we started doing this thing called house tours because we all had our babies and we were just like bored and like wanting to get to know each other better. It was a really great community. And so when it got to be my turn to show my house, they were all like, okay, but how do you like not have any laundry vials, right? You just had a baby, you have three other kids and a giant dog. Like, where's all your messes? And I started to think about it and trying to figure out like why I wasn't overwhelmed anymore. Like I used to be when we lived in Alaska. And it was because we got rid of all of our excess stuff. And I started, it took me four years to realize what had happened, but what had happened was I just didn't have all that stuff around me. My days were easier. And they asked me to teach them how, like. Show us how you did this. And so I closed down the due date group part of it and decided to open up a, a group for decluttering where I would just give them, I would ask them questions like, What do you want to know? Do you want a free challenge? Like, Do you want me to, you know, do you want me to do videos? Do you want me to do posts? Do you want blogs? Like, what would be most helpful for you? And I just asked them questions about what they needed help with, got their feedback, and created exactly what they were asking for. And I knew in my mind, that eventually I would have something to offer them that I could monetize. And and now I do. And now I give them digital courses based on those questions that I've been asking them for almost four years because I still ask the questions. I still want to stay in touch with them and make the content relevant. And
0: that's where we are today. Nice. And so the people that were in your due date group, did they migrate over to your new Declutter organization group or... Did you have some drop-off? What was, that, what was that transition like?
1: Yeah, a lot of them did. I would say, I remember the when, the day that I opened up that new Facebook group for decluttering, it was me and about 50 moms from that original group, which is about 3,000 people. So really not a lot of people came over at first, you know, just 50 people. I say just 50 people, but at the time that felt like, you know, so many. And now we've got like 40,000 people. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so they did come and... The amazing thing about that is that the moms that are that were there at the beginning are still around. And I think that's really cool too, you know, because we still get to stay connected and watch our kids grow up together. And they'll even say things like, I remember when we were all pregnant and we were just talking about this and you were so excited because you were going to teach us how to do this. Um, so yeah, there's still a really solid group of moms from the beginning who are still around.
0: Wow, And so... How have you gone about building a community, an online community from 50 women to now 40,000? And what was the time span of that growth?
1: So the way that I did it, I've, I've done it organically. So it's all been word of mouth. And I think the key to the success there was honestly just being excited to connect with everyone in the group like regardless of how big the group was, regardless of if I had anything to sell to them and really just caring about them and being really specific about my intentions, right? Because I did close down the due day group and was just like, I, I just didn't have the time for it anymore. And we had all had our babies and it just felt like it was time to close. And mm-hmm. then just invited people like, if you do want to come with me, because I enjoy talking to you, right? Just as people... Um, I love getting to know you. And now I think I have something that can actually help you. I would love to have you over here. And I do know that after that very first day (laughs) that I opened that group, I know other moms kind of trickled in, but I just remember hitting 50 members in a day and being like, this is the greatest thing ever. And so I think that's the biggest secret is actually care about the people that are in there. Give them content that they are excited to share with people. And for a Facebook group specifically, um, it's a private Facebook group. I think creating a degree of safety and clarity around what kind of conversations you allow and don't allow, right? As far as not as maybe not necessarily like content, but the way that we engage with each other. I feel like a lot of times the admins and I are really teaching like etiquette and compassion and empathy of like It's really not like what you said. It's like how you said it. Maybe there's some other ways that we can have this conversation. So facilitating, yeah, I guess a safe space and a space where you actually care about them and then a space where you're actually giving them what they need. Because that's one thing that now that I've been doing this for almost four years in that group is that there are people who will sometimes leave and then come back and say specifically that they came back because they know what I'm offering instead of the group and they need it again or they want it again or they missed having that content so yeah does that answer the question
0: yeah so four years to get to you know the current number that you have so on average like 10,000 new people a year which is phenomenal but it's a space that they want to be which is the key right is it's a space that they want to be in that they're getting value in and that they're engaging in is there Let me ask you this one first is how much time do you spend managing a group that size?
1: Yeah. So when I first started it, I was spending actually a lot more time than I do now that it's so big because I was spending a lot of time engaging with everybody, you know, making sure that, you know, I didn't want to guess about what kind of content to create. I didn't, especially because I knew that I wanted to monetize it and create my own product. I just didn't want to guess. I didn't want to make the, you know spend all of this time making a product or a program that nobody wanted. And so I would spend a few hours a day in the beginning, just asking you know a simple question like, "Is your laundry or the toy mess is more overwhelming for you today?" Just a simple question where they could be like, "Laundry or toys," right? And then if they have time, <laughs> they'll expand on it. But then I could take that and ask follow up questions in the comments. I could create. Videos, you know, in response to the things that they were saying, I could write blogs in response to the things that they were saying. and then eventually I just pieced together the the programs that I offer now. So I did get it to a point at the beginning where I had to limit it because as it grew and more people would get into the to the group, You know, I didn't, I wasn't able to respond to everybody all of the time. And I wasn't able to answer every question directly. And so I found myself getting really consumed into like wanting to answer everyone's specific question. And that's when I realized like, okay, like right now I need to compile all of this research, basically all of this connection, everything that I've learned from them, and then create something so that I can sell them the answer all in one place. And now that the group has grown. Because we laid such a really good foundation, I had some moms from the original do group willing to grow it with me and just build the culture of the community with me as far as you know, how to interact with people, how to use the group, how to ask questions, how to search for questions and just things like that. It's actually really easy to maintain now and I can probably you know spend 30 minutes a day just engaging with the group and, and staying connected with it and seeing what people are talking about and that's enough. And then some days when I'm feeling, you know, more online social, I'll hang out in there for longer and just engage in the comments and get to know people and ask them about how their process is going or recommend, you know, a course that I create that might be helpful for them or a podcast episode or, you know, do a live video and show them my kitchen or whatever. So now I'm at a place where I have systems that support the growth and support the community as a whole, and I can kind of do more of the fun things, which is, I'm hearing myself talk now, it's kind of a theme of me in business.
0: It's like, <laughs> I don't want to do the fun things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only want to do fun things in my business. Thanks. So do you plan content for your group? Do you sit down and say, okay, so this month, the theme for the group is like toys or organizing Laundry or, you know, whatever the topic is, do you have a theme for the month and then the content into the group revolves around that? How do you manage the content in the group?
1: So being on the fourth year, there are seasons where certain things are more relevant, you know, like back to school time, it's more like school supplies and, and those kinds of things, clothes especially for homeschooling, like homeschooling curriculum and all of that. And then Christmas is like toys and then spring is like spring cleaning. So there's some pretty, you know, bigger themes like those Mm -hmm. that I will, you know, stay in touch with and, and make relevant to that. And then I have, you know, topics that I know are the hot topics. You know, they're, they're always relevant. Things like just in case, you know, clutter, like wanting to keep things for just in place or parents, Or grandparents who give too many toys and it's overwhelming, or kids who are resistant. Like, there's so many topics that I can have on hand if, you know, the group is quiet or something, or I'm feeling uninspired. You know, I'm just like, I don't know what to talk about. I can fall back on those. But for the most part, I plan my content to specifically continue the market research part of it and continue to stay connected with them so that I can almost be one step ahead of. There are conversations and, you know, creating content around that. So for example, after Christmas, I noticed, you know, a lot of conversations around having too many toys. And so in January, I did toy decluttering, right? Like how to support your kids in their toy decluttering. And now I've noticed a trend towards needing... Kids to help actually clean up the toys and, you know, having spouses actually help clean up, you know, things within the house. And so I'm going to be doing one on hotspot areas to make it easier for them to help you clean up. So I, I think it's kind of a good balance of, you know, following the big structures that are in place for me, knowing my audience really well so that I can pull something out of my back pocket if I need it, but mostly just staying in touch with them and giving them what they ask for. Still, even four years later, like I don't do a yearly plan or anything I try to stay about a month ahead of having everything planned out, you know, for a month. And then once that's planned, I can start paying attention to the conversations so that I can get that next month going.
0: Do you have any like specific system that you use for planning your content, scheduling your content? What is the practicality of that look like as far as systems go?
1: Yeah. So I actually use my podcast episodes as the foundation of all of my content. So I do about four, depending on the month five podcast episodes every month, and they all have a specific topic. And then from there, I can create different kinds of content based on that episode. So I do have very specific types of posts that I make or even emails that I write and I just cycle through them. So I'll make like a permission. Do you know what, like a permission post or like a permission email is it's basically where I'm like giving them permission to feel a certain way without feeling bad about it, right? So, telling that you know, making a post that's like, "Hey, if you're a mom and you feel really overwhelmed by the toy messes in your house and you want to like pull out your hair, that's totally okay," and or you know, I'll write an email in you know with a permission email. And what happens when I do that is that I get a lot of people saying, "Yes, that's me. Oh my gosh, I feel like this," or you know, expanding on that and having conversations with each other about like, I feel like that too, or, you know, just able to get more insight from them. So I, I always make sure to do that kind of permission content. And then I will do kind of a training type of content where I'm like giving them tangible steps to take, like a decluttering project or how to make a checklist or, hey, get this checklist and then bring in some promotional content where it's like, where I can kind of bring in the two together. Like, hey, if you were feeling like this that I talked about earlier this week and you enjoyed learning about this, I've got this kind of an offer for you that will help you really solve that problem once and for all. And so that's kind of the rhythm that I go in as far as actually scheduling it. I've I've got like ConvertKit for email and I use like Later App for mm-hmm. scheduling social media content. I don't have a whole lot just because I simplified it because I got really overwhelmed. <laughs> but yeah.
0: They all of the things. They options. can be, yeah. They can yeah. be super simple, but super effective. We just have to decide that's what we want, right?
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: ClickUp. ClickUp is the
1: other thing. So I used to use Trello, and I'm switching over to ClickUp. And right now, I'm currently creating like a template of my month so that I can see exactly what I have to do. I think I'm at a place where I know what I have to do, and I can do it. But I want to have it in writing so that. I can be more structured with it, more efficient with it, and then eventually get to a place where I can hand that system off to somebody else, right? So I don't have to do it by myself. So you're just in your business by yourself
0: at the moment. You don't have any time members?
1: I have a VA. So actually this is this is a good conversation. I haven't, I don't get a lot of chances to talk about my business side of it, but what I did last year was I tried creating systems to get help with my podcast production and then writing my emails and doing my social media content planning. And so I did hire a VA to help me with my social media content planning. I hired a copywriter to help me with my launches and my email writing. And then I hired somebody to do my podcast editing and kind of pull it apart and make social media graphics and stuff for it. And that was a really great experience. It was really nice to have the help and not have to do everything by myself. And I told myself that um, I had saved up enough money that I could hire these people to help me for a year. And then I would reevaluate and see what worked and what didn't. And what I found was that they were really great at supporting me and they were contractors. So they were not full blown employees, and they were really great at their trade and at their skills. But I didn't have enough clarity in my vision or my strategy for what I was actually working toward as far as metrics and, you know, goals to work toward. So I wanted to take some time to reevaluate my systems and make sure that I'm following the right metrics and doing enough of the right things that will generate the revenue that we need. And then I'll try it again. So I, it was a really great experience too hire people and get that kind of a help. But I think I was a little bit naive in thinking that I could just hire people and then they would do all of the work and and I wouldn't have to worry about it. To be completely honest, is kind of what happened. And I've learned that I really need to have a lot more clarity in my metrics and my stats and you know how many new people do I need to get in? How can I improve my conversion rates? What conversion rates even need to be improved? And things like that. So... Now, again, I am on my own and really getting clarity around that and taking the data from last year and making an even better system that I can hopefully give to one person and have more of, you know, like an online business manager or I don't know. what. There's so many different names for them, but just one person. So it can be me and one person doing this work together and really focusing on walking the same path instead of me having three different people helping me with these various parts of the business.
0: Because there is, there's different ways of hiring people depending on how you want to operate your business and you're so right, it's once you have clarity of vision, then how you operate your business becomes so much clearer to you and so you can be in control of exactly where you're going and know what levers are going to make the difference. So what a valuable insight to have. You know, and going through that experience to realizing that, okay, once I clarify my vision and clarify what success means to me and how I'm going to measure success, then I'll be in a better space and be able to employ or, you know, have a contractor to help me with these things. So, yeah, what a valuable thing to have done. To get you to this point in your business. So your online courses, are they open enrollment or are they, you just open the enrollment to your programs at certain times of the year? What does bringing people into your online courses look like?
1: Yeah. So this is first, I want to pause real quick to tell you, thank you for this episode because I'm getting a chance to kind of yeah, just kind of see a, a big vision of of the business and how it's working and you know things that I want to change. When I first opened, when I fr- sold my very first course, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do and I just decided I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna put it out there, and it's gonna be seven dollars, right? Just to see if anybody would buy it. And they did. And then I was kind of like, Okay, now what? Like I know a lot of people closed the cart, um, but I don't really wanna do that. I don't really know what else to do. And so I decided to increase the price and then hold a monthly, you know, a monthly free challenge where I would, you know, give them decluttering projects to do every day and let them know like if they like this. I've got more inside of this course. And so I would launch it at a discount. And so I did that for probably the first year where I would just run a, a little three to seven-day decluttering challenge and then pitch my course at the end for people who wanted more. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't work, but I didn't really love that model because I felt like I was just in this cycle of discounting my course when I really didn't want to discount my course. And so then I decided to do it where I would launch the course and then close it. And that also worked, but you know, to a degree it worked. But then again, I was like, I don't want to close my course. Like if people want to, I feel like Working with moms is a little bit different than working like business to business because their budgets are so variable. Like sometimes they just need it when they need it. And so I didn't like having the open close cart. And so I did a lot of trial and error. And what I ended up doing is now I have one main course that I offer. My highest price offer is $297. So I know in the course arena, especially in business to business, that's pretty low price. And my lowest price course is $47. And what ended up feeling best for me was having uh, a few different options of price points. So $47, I've got $97, and then I've got $297. And they're available all the time. And I promote them at different times. And twice a year, I put my largest course on sale for Mother's Day and then Black Friday, which in the United States is like the big sale day, the big consumerism day. And so I I put it on sale for those two times of the year and offer a live group component where I'm going, you know, holding them accountable and walking them through the entire course for an entire month and that feels really good to me right now because I do want it to be available all of the time. The challenge has been like figuring out how to promote those. And I have figured it out for how, you know, in a way that feels good for me right now and that is just that instead of offering a free decluttering challenge cuz the the group that I have grew so large that holding a large free group every month just wasn't sustainable for me. It was way too much work um, and way too many moving parts. So now it's just a $10 entry fee, which I feel really good about because there are a lot of moms you know, who are stay-at-home moms they, or you know, that just don't have a lot of extra money laying around so they can get in for a week-long challenge for $10, get a whole lot of decluttering done. And then I make sure that whatever that theme is, whether it's toy decluttering or how to get your kids to help clean up, I promote one of my courses that is aligned with that and I just discount it a tiny little bit, give them some incentive, but also they just had a really great week learning with me and made a lot of progress because I keep it so, so simple. That is, I think, one of my best strengths in my business is running a week-long decluttering challenge, which sounds so strange, I'm sure, but they have such great results that they want more. And so it's been a really easy transition to sell those courses and promote those courses regularly in a relevant way, that gets people excited to buy.
0: Nice. But they could, in fact, enroll at any time because you've got open enrollment. So they could just go and buy your course at any time. But at the end of the challenge, there's a small discount, which is the incentive to continue on, like spring cleaning their house because they've been decluttering directly after the challenge. So it's while they're in the flow of organizing the clustering, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of like when I plan my social media content to have that permission or like, you know, emotional, I understand you, I understand the problem, you know, it's totally okay. You're not the only one. Plus, you know, throughout the rest of the week, having that training to help fix, you know, those problems and things that come up paired with the course offering. It's, that's basically what I do during those week long challenges too. It's like, here's a specific topic that we're going to cover just in case, you know, kids who are resistant to getting rid of their stuff for this week. Here's all of the decluttering projects to help you get there. And then the course offer. So for me, that's been working very well for the last few months. And it's taken me, you know, a lot of years and a lot of trial and error to figure out and
0: and really put that into a process that
1: that I can articulate kind of well. Hopefully it's making sense to everybody.
0: Yeah, and that works for you. Like what I love hearing from you right now is that you've worked out what works for you given who your target audience are, their budget constraints that they may have and how they like to consume your content and how you can give them more within a paid program. And you're not following anyone else's formula but you've done a lot of trial and error to work out what works for you in your business.
1: So much trial and error. And I feel like I say this a lot, but I feel like I've I've finally figured out, you know, what does work and I think it will work, you know, until it doesn't. But you know if it ever doesn't work, then I'll figure out another way to market it and promote it and I will always come back to those core values of connecting with the people first, caring about their you know desired results, and then giving them the solutions for that. Even if I switched topics, you know even if I wasn't teaching decluttering, I would still follow that same framework of care about the people, ask them what they need, and then give them that.
0: Oh, I love that. It is so simple, but so good and people first. Anything else you want to add to or share with us today?
1: Just that I think for being in a business, we all want like the perfect system, right? Or like the perfect structure to follow or like the perfect steps to follow. And I will say that I am honestly surprised at how much it takes to really find your own system of what works for you. And it requires a lot of, I think, trial and error, first of all. And also being willing to look at, you know, what other people recommend to you or what works for other people, you know, without feeling like you have to copy them exactly. Just take the bits and pieces that work for you. Try it. If it doesn't work, that's okay. And, and then just keep doing that because eventually you will be able to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And then you can do more of what does work and less of what doesn't and create your own system that works for you. And becomes profitable
0: and fun and everything that you want it to be. Yeah, and it fits with your lifestyle too. So you don't have to sacrifice things in your personal life to make your business work because you're following somebody else's method because that's what they've had success with. So then this is what I must do to have success. And, and I think we need to give ourselves permission too to evolve and change. So, what works today might not work in a couple of years' time. You know, when I really look back at my business journey, because I've come through, you know, a really huge change in technology and tools of availability. And if I only look back at the last two years since we've been living with COVID, the change in the technology has been huge there's been enormous leaps and bounds in what's available to us and what is now possible because of technology that we didn't have at our fingertips just two years ago but because of COVID we've all had to change and move and think a little differently and reorganize our lives a little differently and technology has evolved to keep up with that change So yeah, so I really love your message around keep it simple, do what works for you and continue to evolve what might work for you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. That was such a good session, community building, putting people first, how that works with your life, building a business your way. And especially when you have, five little children in tow that's like that's incredible I have three so you know five is I can only imagine how much organization that must take to keep you know business going and life going and everyone in the right place at the right time yeah. Yeah. so if people yeah. want to reach out and connect with you where can they do that
1: so my website is motherhoodsimplified.com com. it will have links to the Facebook group if you like Facebook groups my Instagram and my podcast and everything can be found there I'm motherhood simplified on Instagram and Facebook the only social media platforms that I'm on yeah perfect what's your uh, podcast called oh motherhood simplified ah oh, how easy oh, how good
0: yeah everything yep just motherhood simplified yeah no i love it it makes it nice and easy to to find and to get to so yes that would be great if people are interested in being more organized and simplifying life down so it is easier to become organized they can come reach out to you I will put all of those links into our show notes but just a big thank you for making the time to come hang out on the podcast with me today and share what's working in your business and the journey it's taken to get to the point that you are I really appreciate it yeah thank you so much it was really fun All right, I'll talk to you again soon. I really do hope that you took away some really good nuggets of information from this episode and you're able to take what you've learned here today and explore what that might look like for your business and how that can help you build your business your way, whether you're in a season of life like Krista where you are juggling family around the business or whether you're like me where your kids are a little older and you have a bit more time in your life to do other things. And in my case, I'm choosing to build a second business because I love business so much. So regardless of what season you are in life, There was something in this episode for everyone. So I do hope that you can take something from this episode and explore what that means and what that might look like for your business. I've got all of the links from today's episode in the show notes. So if you want to declutter your home and be more organized, you can go and join Krista's Facebook community. If you'd like to get a little more organized with your business, then I'd encourage you to go and get your hands on my business cheat sheet. Again, I will put the link to that in the show notes and you can go and grab that. Thanks so much for joining me this week and for listening to this conversation with Krista. I hope you will join me again next week for another episode of Business Your Way. Until then, have a fabulous week and I will be back here same time, same place next week.